0: Hello and welcome to the Mordecaz. Before we start this podcast, I have a little update for you about good things that happened between recording and publishing of this episode. In the episode, we're discussing a modic version 2.15.4. It has now been decided to publish a 2.16 instead, with a lot of bug fixes, but also with support for a new feature in Chrome that we're also discussing in the episode. 2.16 is scheduled for immediate release, if everything goes well, January 30th. And props to Dennis Armeling in the Netherlands, who is the manager of this release, and thumbs up to the entire team. And now, let's start. This is the Monocast, all about open-source marketing automation with Montic, And here is your host, Eki Gamble. That's right. Welcome back to the Modicast. It's number five. Leon likes to call it Mambo number five. <laughs> hey, Leon, how are you doing? Very good. Very good thanks. And, and welcome to all our listeners. Um Later in this episode, I'm going to talk to my good friend Jan Linhardt about the Mordic Marketplace. Before we go there, we have a lot of ground to cover. So, like always, we jump right in. Um obviously, most important on everybody's uh, radar these days is modic number three. Wow, (laughs) modic version three has too many numbers today. Um, So what's going on with modic three? Uh, A lot. Uh, Sadly, too much is going on. Therefore, the beta has been been delayed. The best case timeline is uh, the past and the new timeline is not even published. The team is has made the decision to to take the time they need to get it really right and to decrease the pain they also consider releasing a 2.15.4 that is a new bug fix release for version 2 to uh, basically buy them more time and I highly respect that decision I think the right way to go good job guys um, talking of timeline Ruth Chisley who we talked to last time Um, has released a little bit of a video on on YouTube, giving us an overview, not only of her vision of Mordic, but also the the goals for the coming month, Uh, walking all the way from January to December 2020. And a lot of gems in that, but a true highlight for me there was the handling of the backlog in, in the GitHub, where there's hundreds of issues and PRs as of today. And that means there's a lot of uh, energy and knowledge and bug fixes in there, hidden and unused. And she's aiming to, or basically the product team along with her is aiming to uh, reduce that backlog, find out what's obsolete and, and merge or, or review and merge everything else Step by step, and uh, by mid of 2020, uh, having no leftover backlog, and that's fantastic news. Of course, it applies to version two and three, or I would, I would guess two three, but but also would cover the the issues that relate to version two because they may or may not apply still. So that's fantastic, and um, that also addresses the the pain point that Josu raised. And I I think he's even involved in in this development. So good job. Okay, so um, that's the news from the Mordic world. Leon, you you found another important piece of news outside of that world. Tell us about it. Yeah, I read different articles on the internet concerning the so called end of third party cookies. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like really terrifying. Um, because Google Chrome is starting to toughen up the use of third-party cookies, so you have more restrictions. And concerning Mordic,
1: you should be good. If you have Mordic running on your subdomain, then you should not be bothered. But if you have Mordic running on a third-party domain, then you might be in
0: trouble. Yeah, so so uh, our website is on leuchtweyer.com and our modic is on ma.logtfire.com. Yeah. That is a typical subdomain. We're not affected here. But what if the uh, the automation system is on pff, trackme.hubspot.com or so? For example. <laughs> um, in that case, it is a third-party cookie. And um, it's true, I saw those articles as well who are claiming the end of the world. <laughs> We're not quite there yet. Um, it is not as uh, strict as, as others are, like, like Firefox and Safari. Google is selling advertising after all, so they won't easily stop tracking and uh, <laughs> of <course> not, no. <laughs> pay for that. So what they did is uh, implement an old concept that's called the same site attribute. And so let lets the server decide whether a cookie is to be delivered only if you see the, the same URL in your browser, or whether it is de- de- uh, delivered if, uh, in uh, invoked by, by a different site. Yep. So third party cookie, the, the, the modic system or, or the third party system is, is by itself, if I get it right, able to decide whether it is uh, uh, go, going to work or not. Uh, and it is place as a security feature, not a, an anti tracking feature, as far as I understand. So, um, long story short, if your Mautic system is running on on its own domain, on a different domain than, than your website, then you should take action very quickly oh, because the yeah. 4th uh, of February is uh, <laughs> pretty not that immediate. Far. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Preferably, just move it to a subdomain of your main website. If that's not possible, or if you have multiple websites on different domains, then you're screwed. No, you're not. (laughs) Um, Now, there's actually a pull request that implements that same site feature. Uh, We'll link to it in the show note. It's uh, 8347 in GitHub for the experts among us. And that will be part of two fifteen four. but if you don't want to wait, you can just take the pull request and, and merge it to your installation, if you know how to do that, and uh, be still able to track Chrome users as you did before. The uh, question is if uh, the 2.15.4 version is released before the 4th of no, February. Certainly not. I mean, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so go ahead and do that. The reason behind that, or the reasons behind all this anti tracking, are, are all good things, and I'm all for it. Um, because I also don't want to be tracked by those uh, worldwide things like like double click etc. Neither no, do I. Me, yeah. the, that's not the same as as Maltic is. It's a uh, it's a good ones and the bad ones, and of course we are the good ones. <laughs> of, of course. <laughs> and uh, so basically, uh, the pro- provider of a website of of so- some some digital asset wants to do something with it, as opposed to uh, I want to uh, have the transparent user and and uh, rule the world and so on okay so speaking of that when when you look at firefox and safari they, they do have um other approaches they have uh anti-tracking things enabled by default but but not fully it's called intelligent or whatever itp um and as far as i see it it's for example in firefox they they make a distinction between social media and tracking cross-site cookies and other cross-site cookies Uh, i have no idea how they can make a distinction there unless they have a list of what is a tracking cookie domain Uh, as far as i see Mautic is still working even with the latest firefox versions that's good to know yeah but 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 it it is going to be tighter and eventually we will all have to move uh, to, to subdomain solutions. Uh, that's also my, my feature wish list item of the week, I guess, <laughs> uh, to enable Mortic to run on multiple domains, to respond to multiple subdomains and work with multiple domains. Yeah, maybe last side note here. If you think, just do different tracking, don't use cookings to, cookies, just use fingerprinting even that is is gone by now at least for firefox and others will will follow up yeah. fingerprint as a identifying identifying a device by by the operating system by by the fonts installed by the extensions installed by network information etc everything an application can learn about a browser put that all together and that makes a unique unique user more or less and that's called a fingerprint and uh, one approach is to track via that fingerprint. And it's uh, best practice not to use it, but use cookies and use it properly. Good. One more in the realm of uh, security. And that's a pretty simple one. And for us, it has been best practice all along. But it, it turns out that uh, it's not really well known in the world. The point is, when somebody plays around and fools around and uh, finds out what your modic URL is, then um, when he enters that domain, what will he see? The login screen. The login screen. Of course. <laughs> and uh, best practice is information hiding. So we want to redirect that guy or girl to something else, yep. typically to our regular website. And that could be done by, by hardcore tricking on the Apache level. But it's much simpler than that. Um, the clean way is to do that directly in within Mordic, And we have a little uh, know how article on our website and I link to that in the show notes like always. Okay. But the bottom line is, um, you can set Mordic to show a, a landing page instead of the login page. Um, so what you do is create a little empty landing page that might be called redirect. And disable that landing page, mm-hmm. and uh, in the metadata of the landing page, you can set a redirect in the MORTIC properties, um, and so send it to any external URL, and uh, that's it. Oh, so simple. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and helpful, and, and should be done by everybody. Good. Uh, I want to get a little bit geeky today, and uh, based on a blog post by our friends at, at AutoEyes, um, they... So they wrote something up about uh large instances of mortic uh so large in terms of high traffic or high um high numbers of data yeah. um obviously that is only for those people who are self-hosting the mortic and uh who do that large scale like in in many thousand hits per whatever let's say 10 minutes or so the the hits uh per month is not so helpful you you need to look at the the biggest peaks Mm -hmm. and and, then depending on your hardware modic can handle a lot but there are limits and eventually you run into a situation where you want to scale out and that is done by any sort of multi-server setup Mm -hmm. a cluster so to say um you can add resources on, on a VM level, on, on a virtual machine level, but yep. that has limits too. The other way to go is to have an actual cluster, which can also be VM, cloud, or whatever, but multiple operating systems, multiple instances of Mortec, yep. which do operate on the same data. And by data, I mean files and database, obviously. Files um, is pretty simple, it's pretty static uh, so that's typically done in NFS, whereas uh, database is the one and and, uh, tricky point. Uh, The setup that that they recommend here at AudioEyes is uh, to have multiple modic instances with a multi-master database setup, so so every instance has its own database and they all replicate uh, among each other. In my experience, um, in a write-heavy environment like we have in Mordic, that's not so efficient be- because sync becomes an overhead, overhead too. So what we do for serious clusters is have a powerful database backend, which is high available through other means like like DRBD, yep. and have all those other servers uh, work on that database. Other than that, the concept is is... Pretty straightforward. You may even have a separate instance which does nothing but but run the cron jobs. Ah, yeah. And, I see. Um, one, two, seven, or fifteen front end servers who deliver, who run the PHP, who give the power that we need. Yep. There's an extra layer um, called Redis. For those who haven't heard of it, it's basically an extra layer of cache uh, that gives even more performance. It it is positioned more like like a uh, stickiness feature in, in the article. Uh session stickiness, and here we're really geeky, is uh there's nothing wrong with doing that on the load balancer level. It's not a Pullman solution like like uh it's called here mostly. <laughs> um but Redis is of course even better because it, it gives gives an extra boost. Yep. So uh yeah recommended reading. Um if you are one of those who are struggling with with the performance of the homotic installation. Here's some hints, and uh, if you have specific needs, uh, I am happy to discuss because uh, those high availability, high performance setups ha- have been a long ter- long term hobby of mine. Ah, no, it's professional hobby. No, I like it. Okay, okay. Um, what's up? In the community, there's a lot going on. Um, tons of of team meetings. The teams are uh, really flourishing um, oh, yeah, and, and making progress in terms of uh, structuring themselves and then getting things done too. We still need more people in the team, so please uh, don't be shy. Just, just show up or, or re- reach out and, and uh, we'll help you get started without any pain. So, uh, yeah. You're Come welcome. and contribute. Yeah. Um, currently, there's a process going on of, of determining temporary team leads and Ruth mm-hmm. uh, is at the same time preparing the, the system for the actual uh, elected team leads, basically for the election of those team leads because she wants to do it to do it really right. And I appreciate that highly. Also in the uh, community area, there's a show coming up called FOSDEM in, in Brussels It's it's actually this weekend, mm-hmm. February first to 2nd, yeah. uh, free and o- open source uh, expo. Um, and uh, to make sure mordic is properly represented there ruth is going to travel once again Uh, others will help out like like stefan that i know of Mm. Uh, they'll have a booth there ruth will have a talk there i I believe and and, then yeah spread the word basically nice okay now we're finally getting to the mordic marketplace and here comes jan Linhardt. hey john welcome to the show how are you doing today
1: Hi, okay. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm doing fine.
0: Okay, Th- thanks for your time. For everybody who is not familiar with your name, uh, John Linhardt is one of the the, the core developers in the Modic team. Uh, your Nakia employee, right? Uh, but but uh, how did you s- get started with Modic, and what did you do? Before that, I understand you were part of the Joomla community, but I have no other details, so why don't we start with that?
1: Okay, uh, so when it started, so so uh, at the high school, I started to play uh, HTML, CSS, um, and um, then I learned about uh, Joomla. Um, uh, it was in, in the Netherlands, I think, um, and so... With with my knowledge of HTML and CSS, uh, it uh, boosted my capabilities to build uh, dynamic websites.
0: That was so what I year? I played with it. Sorry, what what year was that? Oh, what year? Might have been two
1: thousand four. Is a wild Oh
0: wow! Okay, yeah. Sorry, uh,
1: so so back back then it was uh, called Mambo. Uh, maybe that that. On the date, yeah. Um, yeah. So um, that was my hobby, uh, and uh, at, uh, at the university, I started to, uh, uh, you know, uh, provide my services to to other, other clients and so on. And um, I was studying uh, civil engineering at Czech Czech Technical University, and there was a small program for IT. Uh, enthusiasts so i was there and they taught me how to um, write uh, object-oriented programming in c sharp so i applied that to write uh, joomla plugins and modules and components Um,
0: are you saying you did joomla plugins in c sharp
1: no 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 in php (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) i just uh uh, yeah I, i uh, really wish to start programming earlier. It was quite late for me, but I didn't know how to start with that. Uh, um, I, I was reading; and I, it never got get me going. Um, so that course at the university helped me understand what programming is about. What are the basics? So applied, uh, I applied that knowledge to PHP and um, did some uh, work for for uh, my customers and I also, also uh, used Joomla to, uh, to develop uh, my thesis project and um, one of the uh, PhD students uh, on the faculty had a software company that uh, specializes on creating web pages in Joomla. So basically he, he hired me directly when I, when I finished oh, um, okay. the school. And um yeah from from there uh, like uh three years later uh the uh the Czech company uh decided to organize the first Gemma Day in Prague uh conference. And um we asked several uh community Juma community people to come come to the event and speak. Mm-hmm. Uh one of them was uh D B Harley.
0: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: And- so i had uh, uh i think i had two uh, two talks at that event and uh d b was sitting there listening uh it was it was in Czech, i think but uh he was somehow well i was talking about code so uh it's uh, not that difficult to understand the slides and so then we talked after after the event um and um uh, took me a job right away, so. <laughs> but it was it was too good to be true, so, so I was like, hang on, uh, I will work for you for several months uh, on the weekends, uh, just to ensure that you are no scammer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I did, and
1: then then it somehow, um, yeah, uh, went into a full time job.
0: And that's 2015, right?
1: That's. 2014
0: oh early days okay and uh, what is your role in the modic project or modic in general today
1: so so i work on modic mostly in aquia um so we have a we have a fork of modic um mm-hmm. and most most of what we develop in in our fork we push to the to the community repository well all of it that that touches the core, uh community code,
0: yeah. mm-hmm. and you are also active uh, in the so community, I, right?
1: Um, yes, yes, I am more active than than others. I I think um, it it's kind of my my hobby uh, to 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 uh, help the community.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, very obvious and highly appreciated across the community. Just curious, um, you are. Located in the Czech Republic most of the days, right? Uh, so how do you organize yourselves um, in this multinational team of ACQUIA?
1: Yeah, so so now we have a team of uh, five people here in Prague. Ah. Um, and uh, we have an office here. So we meet every day uh, here. But uh, the rest of our team is in Boston. Mm. Um, so basically... The, uh, the mornings are very calm and we can get stuff done and uh, okay. afternoon when the U.S. wakes up we have meetings And uh, of course
0: um, but you are uh, a Scrum team of your own or, or is it a, a split Scrum team?
1: Uh, yeah, so, so uh, I recently uh, got the role of Scrum Master
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I'm kind of in the, in the learning mode and uh, trying things uh, on, on our team Wow. testing what works and what, what doesn't
0: cool, very good ok, let's, let's move to Mordic itself itself, um, and then move on to the marketplace which I wanted to talk to you uh, in the first place um, but in, in general when you look at the situation of, of Mordic and the market and, and the legislation etc what, what are Mordic's biggest strengths and, and potentials as of today Where do you see it going? Well,
1: yeah. Modic's strengths, um, I mean, the uniqueness of Modic uh, as a marketing automation platform is that it's open source and open in general for for data as well. So when you use some competitor's service, you basically are dependent on them. So uh, if if, if you use uh, some, for example, proprietary CRM or CRM they do not support, then you cannot do anything about it. With Modic, you can look at what uh, already community did for that, and if if there is nothing, you can develop it yourself or pay somebody to do it for you. Exactly. Like, uh, I mean, that's the greatest strength of Modic.
0: Yeah, I, think I, I agree. The openness and the potential. To uh, do more about uh, data protection, etc., have it under your own control and everything. Okay, let's talk about the marketplace. You had an initiative like like uh, four or five weeks ago, and you not only said, "Hey, let's do something like that," but you actually published a piece of code and then uh, analysis of of what what you learned from it and all that. And uh, you had a discussion going on in the forum which you spawned. Uh, about thoughts of what you did and the things that other did, and there has actually been some some good follow up, and it sounds like uh, others already thought about the same thing and, and were able to contribute things, and so uh, it, it thing was started that everybody's desperate for, and basically it's, it's uh, two things: one is a more advanced uh, install process for modding itself but also for the plugins technically uh, proper use of composer install etc um, and on the other hand a an actual marketplace a place, a UI where people can discover the, the growing number of additional features and, and uh, download or, or install or whatever uh, find the documentation and also where, where developers can Publish uh, their stuff at a central place. Um, eventually, even uh, get paid for it, or, or uh, offer training, or what, what, what have you. Uh, let, let's let's start with with the letter with the UI part. Do you do you have a specific or may, maybe an abstract vision for that? And, and uh, did you receive any feedback on the UI level on the on the actual marketplace? What's your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I have uh, a work-in-progress uh, pull request uh, against the community repository, so anyone can uh, follow my steps and test it uh, as, as I move on. Uh, but, yes, there is a UI. That's, it's basically uh, using uh, packages.org as a repository where the, where the plugins are hosted. hmm and uh, it uses the API to uh, display the modic plugins in inside modic administration directly, uh, with with all the information the packages provides, some stats about downloads, about uh, stars, so the users can directly see how popular it is. And uh, there will be uh, there already is a install button, so they don't have to download anything and upload it somewhere. So uh, with with the one button, they can install the the, the plugin. Uh, the problem there is um, that uh, it uses Composer uh, to do the installation and and download, uh, which is not problem for uh, developers or the users. The problem is that it's slow, so it takes like a minute to to uh, download and install the plugin. And that um, b- brings us directly
0: to, to the other level, to the underlying infrastructure that, that it takes to install stuff, right? And uh, the, if I get it right, there, there's breaking changes required to really speed that up, to, to have a, a change or a, a more advanced install mechanism that has proper dependency management, et cetera. So sorry for everyone. Uh, who is not t- too technical. This is a little bit geeky, but it's just going to be one minute so stay with us for a second. Um, so
1: yeah, it, so, so Composer takes care of all the dependencies. So that's not a problem. The problem for the UI part is that it's slow. Uh, it's slower than the default yeah. uh, time limit. So
0: uh, that's no, problematic. I understand that, that to, to really bring that on, on a new level uh, implies breaking changes, so either we have uh, workarounds or we need to wait for modic 4 would that be the bottom line?
1: Um, there are really no breaking changes um, uh, I, the way I try to solve it is to uh, warn the user that uh, uh, like modic can see what the time limit of uh, the HTTP request is mm-hmm. And uh, it can estimate how long the installation will take. So if uh, the uh, installation will take uh, more than the time limit is, it would fail in the middle, and it would be in a unknown state. Mm. It will probably break modic. So, mm. so I won't let users install uh, such plugins if the time limit is too low. Mm. And uh, instead. Provide uh, an information how to either increase it so they could install the plugins, or uh, give them a copy paste command to install it via command line.
0: Yeah, cool. That sounds to me like a typical workaround before we actually get to to a speed level that that doesn't bring any problem with it. And if if that would be available for Modd3, maybe as an uh, installable plugin or whatever, I don't know, or PR. I'm not sure yeah, it's going to be core, but it, that doesn't matter really. But but the bottom line is there is already like like a proof of concept there uh, that, that achieves this, this goal. And this, this, it's a very important first step towards the, the actual marketplace on a higher level. And, and it's already helpful. We had a discussion last time whether it's a good thing to have to allow everyone to install what they like, um, especially in a hosted environment. Uh, as a SaaS provider, I wouldn't re- really appreciate that. Do you have any thoughts on yeah. that?
1: Yeah, so so with, with the Acquia Modic Cloud, we, we have the same problem, right? We mm-hmm. cannot let users install anything they can find on the internet.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, for security reasons, mostly. Um, and, and of, of course, for performance as well, it can take our cloud down uh, if, if it's not optimized.
0: Sure. So will you go like a, a whitelist uh,
1: yeah, way? Yeah, there will be a configuration. Yes, yes, something like that. There will be a configuration option to to disable the UI, mm-hmm. so users cannot install oh, anything themselves. But yeah. the, but uh, the administrator uh can still use the command line to install plugins for them. Yeah. uh or, or as you said, there can be a whitelist. Uh so uh if if the cloud uh system or whatever how it's how it's put together enables installation of additional uh PHP files to each uh cloud instance, then they can uh create some whitelist and uh, and let uh, their users or customers to install only mm. those plugins that are whitelisted.
0: Yeah. Back to the uh, composer uh, progress. Um, are, are you also aiming to make uh, modic deployable, like like with uh, Jenkins or other CD systems, or is it not on, on the modic itself? Yeah. Yeah. It's a complete thing. A complete modic installation, including plug it up to upgrade, for instance, uh, um, is it not not on the schedule for, for this step?
1: Yeah, so so I I uh, I, I started with uh, this question, like how to install Modic with, with Composer and then keep it up to date with Composer. Yeah. Uh, I I hit a hit a wall there uh, a little, so I picked up and I found a way how to install Modic with Composer. So you just uh, Go to your server uh, based in one command, that it will install uh, modic in, instead of downloading modic from somewhere, uploading it, unzipping it, and so on.
0: That's the right direction. So, I like it. So it's,
1: uh, yeah. So, so that's described on, on my blog, um, which and it's a, a little bit outdated because since then um, we uh, moved uh, modic itself to to packages, so uh, the command itself is uh, way shorter now. I will update the, the post. So, yeah, but um, it's it's not optimal. The optimal way would be that Modic itself would be a dependency of a project, not the project itself. Yeah. And it would make the installation uh, of plugins uh, simpler. And uh, that's, that's the way how Composer uh, was meant to work. So the way we will use it in Modic will be uh, somehow banned or hacked, uh, which is never, never a good solution. But yeah. I don't want to bc break anything uh, with marketplace I just want to to be accepted by the community and uh, start using it
0: I think that's the typical way to to work w- with the state of the product that is there and have a, a demonstration of of uh, the value proof of concept and everything and then maybe next version um, Maybe if you go to extreme, redo do everything from scratch, but but incorporate the the breaking changes that are needed on the modic side to have to have it the right way. So that, that would be very typical for new big feature features, and that's what we're talking about here. I've have, I have another yeah,
1: definitely, oh, definitely. The, the modic modic uh, folder structure will have to change uh, anyway because of uh, new Symphony versions. So we will probably uh, uh, adjust that with the future model versions. Perfect.
0: Okay, now that you kicked that off, and uh, you already had a good amount of feedback of of relevant people, really. Do you have any vision how this project should be carried forward? Is is this like a team of its own? Or is it a project that you lead and others contribute to yours or, or any idea yet?
1: Yeah, so so I already had a request from Zdeno Kuzmani uh, that he would like to help with the commerce side of things because he um, uh, sells his plugins, so it's uh, uh, in his interest. Um, but I, I want to get the core of of it uh, stable because I'm testing things um, uh, how to how to do it properly. I mm. uh, uh, re- rewrote the plugin several times already, so I don't want him to take it as a base and then develop on something that may change yeah. later. Um, so yeah, I, I want to create uh, an MVP, the, the basic core, yeah. um, and there are other ideas from the feedback i got like uh we cannot uh install uh plugins uh through the ui directly like uh, the feedback was it it should be queued because it is, is it takes a long time for a http request and we cannot let our users to wait there yeah. for a minute um, and stare at, at the progress bar so yeah th- those are those are additional um, steps to take to take. Um, but uh, as, as I do it on my own times, uh, and uh, I have uh, two small children, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to find the time to uh, write it. So I, I want to make the scope as minimal as I can. And then we can improve it. After the
0: perfect approach. Very good. Okay. Um, before I let you go, i another thing on my mind and that is the acquisition of Agile One by Acquia uh, for those who haven't heard that Agile One is, is in the area of, of artificial intelligence, intelligence which which is a a, a natural enhancement uh, to marketing automation um, so is there a relation, are you working or are you going to work with the Agile One team, is there anything you can talk about to today?
1: Yes, so there are uh, meetings happening uh, uh, the whole January basically about how to integrate uh, uh, MODIC, Agile One and uh, Lyft uh, services together. So, yep, uh, some some AI and uh, ML capabilities to MODIC will come, uh, but uh, that will be a service provided by Agile One. So uh oh. it won't be part of modic itself
0: okay but but uh, the the interface will be part of the the open source project for modic so it's going to be available for everyone or maybe as paid uh, service
1: it, that hasn't been decided yet uh, i i had this exact exact question uh, at one of the meetings and they say why not uh, there is no reason why not provide why not, not to provide agile one uh, services to the
0: community. If it's paid service it might be a business model and it, it would be in another great plus for Mautic of course. Cool. I'm very much looking forward to that whenever it's gonna come and uh, but but I, I find it fascinating stuff and uh, obviously it's it's a, a hot topic and in a maybe even a selling point or, or marketing bullet point or whatever but but uh, by itself I think it's really interesting stuff yes good um, you already mentioned your blog page on, on johnlinhead.com what can people find there and what other channels should I use to follow you
1: yeah so, so you can find the projects I'm working on and what I did in the past uh, what I'm reading um, so I, I put there summaries of uh, what interests me um, and you can find me also on twitter um, at uh, Jan underscore Linhardt, J-A-N underscore Linhardt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I post there the same thing. Whatever is new with me, it's it's there.
0: Okay, cool. And uh, one, one last thing, um, Jan Linhardt, John Linhardt, you have a blog post that explains why why internationally you call yourself John Linhardt. Um, uh, yeah.
1: But, yes, but then, I'm known sorry. in the community as John because it's an English-speaking
0: community. So oh, Yeah.
1: I, I just did my name.
0: Then, then there's another uh, name that that pops up in your con- context. That says Escopas or something. I something oh, yeah. it, uh, something with CZ that's... probably. But but uh, <laughs> what, what what does that mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, that that used to be my my, my domain uh, for check blog post I I wrote about Joomla and where I published all all of my modules and plugins and components, but. Uh, that's uh that's already closed so yeah it's it's still my github username uh, i don't know if i can change it's it legacy
0: it's if, if it not like like a secret yeah. colombian thing uh, <laughs> 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 okay okay good got it good uh anything else you want to say to our listeners
1: no no i i'm just glad that you are doing what you're doing the podcast is amazing
0: um, i very, very glad had you have the time today. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope we're going to talk again soon. Take care. Yeah, me too. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Dan. Good stuff. I can't wait to see the next steps. And I, I know there's a bit of things going on yeah. even beyond what we just discussed. So Pretty exciting. Yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. Um, what else is coming up? Fostem, we already talked about that. Yeah. The, the trade show in Brussels, uh, Belgium um there's another show uh popping up on the horizon that's uh, morticon yeah the moric conference worldwide thingy for the first time ever we all hope and and uh, do our best to make it heaven happen in in heaven and also in <laughs> 20, 2020 that uh, means this year and uh, the the date said that might be the one is uh, November, like like mid of November, plus, uh, yeah, maybe maybe a bit later. Yeah. Um no promises, b- <laughs> but um preparations are in good shape and uh we'll certainly talk mo- more about that. Looks promising. So is there like a country set where it will take place <laughs> or <laughs> good question. The, that's or one of the discussions going on right now. Um it I, I i'm pretty sure it's n- not going to be in Europe this year but on the other side of the pond yeah. um so the natural oh <laughs> uh, f- expectation would be us of course yeah um but there is a um there are strong voices voices who say uh why not brazil because uh because it, it's um a strong community over there as well oh, yeah, it's a, a sign of appreciation and uh it's not too hard to get to brazil from from other places in the world and there are reasonably priced pl- uh, priced flights mm-hmm problem from the european perspective is yeah. that uh, it's, it's a pretty long travel yeah it is but that's true vice versa as well so if we should be in europe next year then everybody from brazil would have the same problem why should they have bigger problem than we do so um no decisions made um i don't know we'll see we'll see I know that uh, there's another thing going on, and that's DrupalCon um, earlier this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, there were thoughts about doing Morticon in the context of DrupalCon. What we'll now do is have certain maybe sprints or team meetings or others at that place. It's always good to reduce travel amount for everybody. Yeah. so that's going to be in, in Minnesota, in Minneapolis. Um, yeah, but Morticon, I don't know. I just think it's it's fantastic news. Uh, there's still a way to go. It's not only the organization of, of everything, but also what's the point of it? Who is it good for? Um, uh, how many people are going to attend? Et cetera, PP. I but we'll, we'll keep you updated and uh, we'll do our very best to give you the information and maybe even coupon codes or whatever <laughs> yeah. is going to be there. <laughs> nice. Okie okay, dokie. Yeah. Um, any other things on your list? No, I'm, I'm done. You're done? Uh, so am I. <laughs> Thank you very, very much for listening, everybody. Um, like always, we appreciate your feedback. There are all the social channels that you know of. Uh, we at least appreciate it on the same level if you uh, like or share. Uh, us and spread the word. Tell everybody else about the podcast, and we talk to you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.